Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Oh, what's up, guys? It is November 11th, 2020. Happy Veterans Day to those of you who have served. I appreciate all that you have done for this country and for all of us. And it's just, you know, you guys don't get enough credit. And and you deserve way more than what you're given. But anyway, again, thank you guys. Uh, I am Nick. I am your host. This is Nick Stern News. Welcome to the show if you're new. Thanks for coming back if you've been a fan why don't you like and subscribe while you're at it at your preferred listening service of choice and share share me with the world if if you like cuz i know i'm sure a lot of you have friends that might want to listen to me ramble on for 45 minutes to an hour once a week <laughs> just cuz i have a uh, i try to have a different opinion on things but you know that's totally subjective and it's up to you to see if you agree with the nonsense that comes out of my mouth or not. But it, it, it's up to you. It really is. Anyway, I do have an Xbox Series X in my possession. We will not talk about it too much this week just because I didn't get a whole lot of time with it. Just because, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. It is set up. It is fast. I do have things running on it. So it, it is. It's a thick boy. That's all I'm going to say. That boy is thick. That It is like the pictures do not do it justice at how big and heavy it actually is. And then I when I went to move my 1X, I realized this thing's heavy too. <laughs> so definitely definitely a hefty console for sure. And we'll talk a lot about it next week because that way I'll have a, at least a full week under my belt with it uh with Assassin's Creed Valhalla I will have uh, Miles Morales to talk about on PS4. Uh, Call of Duty comes out on Friday. So a, a lot of things we're going to be talking about next week in terms of games. And then, of course, you know, after that, uh, next month, of course, is Cyberpunk and, and um, Immortals Phoenix Rising and, and a whole lot of things to talk about. So we're going to have a, a lot of games to talk about over the next couple of weeks. And I'm excited to share a lot of that stuff with you guys. Um, unfortunately, I will not have a PS5 for quite a while. Just um, financial reasons. And, of course, uh, they're hard to get right now. And I was supposed to have the new 2K uh, made for next-gen consoles. But I'm not entirely sure what happened at GameStop. They They said they had it in stock. And then... They didn't have mine, so it was it was a little frustrating. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's not a huge deal over um, not getting a, a, a sports game. There, it will be there. Uh, it's just it it's frustrating when you pre-order a game and they don't have it when they're supposed to have it, and that's that's the the frustrating thing. Essentially, is is just what's going on and it's not showing up in my pre-orders anymore oh wait here it is oh maybe 
Maybe it's still there. I don't know. I'll figure it out when I go this week. Um, when I go on Friday, I should say. But game's still coming. So, yes. Uh, Mamba NBA 2K21 Mamba Forever Edition, which was a Series X version. The Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales comes out on Thursday, tomorrow. And Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War comes out on Friday. So I'll be picking those two up on Friday at least. And then uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising and Cyberpunk both come out in December. And then we'll be taking a break for quite a while. Not a whole lot of games have been announced for the spring just yet. So a lot of games to talk about in the next couple weeks. and, And we'll be continuing a lot of that coverage so uh, be on the lookout for that guys while, while you're here uh, anyway while we're talking about games why don't we just go right into our standard procedure here standard operating procedure here at Nixner News and let's talk about what is going on in the video game world friends so how many of you are getting a PS5 and saw a website that was offering custom plates to replace your side plates on your PS5. Anyone? Anyone? Show of hands. Well, unfortunately, that's not really happening because the company customized my plates. Uh, They've canceled all sales of their custom-created PS5 plates and will not be selling in any capacity as Sony essentially told them to uh, bugger off. And they're going to pivot, if you will, to vinyl console skins, which I would never fucking do in any way, shape, or form. But I guess they said that Sony threatened them legally, which makes sense. And the trademarks for their removable plates are too complex for a small team. And they don't want to get in trouble and and sued by Sony and sued into oblivion. And they went from... They had a name called (laughs) PlayStation5.com, which is now gone. But anyway, they're, they're just too bad. You guys won't be able to get any custom plates for the PS5 until a special edition console comes out in i'm sure the near future probably within the next year or so but i i don't know when custom ones are going to start coming out or not custom but i mean the one-offs the special edition ones i'm sure those will be coming probably mid to late next year especially since they're dealing with a lot of uh logistical issues with the current ones i don't foresee any special ones until late, late, um, mid to late next year or, or next fall, if anything, because I'm trying to think of when like the first like Xbox ones and PS4 started coming out. And I remember they were like a year or two out, but cause let me think I got my, I got my special PS4 two years in cause that was 2015 when I got Xbox One X, that was the Scorpio edition, so that was a... They pre-did that, but... Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Be interesting for sure. Anyway, moving on from that, so don't be shocked if you can't get custom PS5 side plates just yet, or special colored ones. 
But uh, we'll stick with the PlayStation train here for a little bit. Going to dominate today's news cycle uh, today here at Nick's Nerd News at least. Just because a lot more things are falling into place finally for PlayStation. And it's unfortunate that it's a lot of this is last minute. But it happens. But uh, they've also said that Gran Turismo 7 is aiming to launch sometime early next year. Uh, No official release date or anything like that. They probably don't want to set anything in stone uh, just in case anything has to change, as 2020 has shown us. But uh, developers of Gran Turismo 7 are aiming for the first half of 2021. So that could be anything from January 1st to June 30th, if you ask me. That is a first half of the year anything in july or later is is second half officially well officially i don't know how you want to say officially unofficially i don't know how you count your years to be honest (laughs) it's up to you you know some people do fiscal anyway (laughs) i'm moving on moving on i don't want to get bogged down in some nonsense talk about game release dates but uh this is actually interesting uh the godfall the new playstation 5 exclusive which is a destiny like uh, game, but it's instead of it being a, a looter shooter, it's more of a, a looter hack and slash, uh, third person RPG like massive game, uh, but with like armor and uh, swords and axes and shit. Uh, we're finally learning that it is only going to be about a six month exclusive. This game looks really cool. I'm not gonna lie, it looks like a really fun game. Uh, I don't know if it will be. I don't know if it will be cross-play or cross-platform. It does come out tomorrow. And I thought it got delayed for some reason. Um, It comes out tomorrow on the Epic Game Store as well as PlayStation 5. And, oh, it does come out tomorrow. Okay. Uh, It is a looter slasher, they're calling it that. Third-person melee action. Uh... It is got up to three-player co-play, uh, made by Counterplay Games and Gearbox Publishing, and uh, that game will release on other consoles no sooner than May 12th, 2021. So it may come to newer consoles sooner uh, rather than later. And uh, like I said, it does also come on Steam, or you can get it on PlayStation 5. Uh, technically a PlayStation 5 exclusive. I don't like to say timed exclusives are exclusives because they're technically not. Uh, I mean, a lot of people... Um, a lot of people would call it that. But, you know, it, it just... It really depends. But other than that, though... Jeez. Um, expensive game get a lot of stuff with it anyway I'm, I'm looking at the the epic store page um that game will come out tomorrow for playstation 5 uh, even though playstation 5 launches on friday and then from there it will uh, come to other consoles possibly next spring if not uh later than that uh, godfall launches then But the biggest thing I want to talk about with PS5 is in regards to storage. So, it has now been confirmed that PlayStation 5 
has a max amount of storage of, uh, this is after system UI and everything, 667 gigabytes, which is kind of small if you think about it, because the new Call of Duty is going to be like 125 gigs, I was reading. But uh, per a new PlayStation 5 FAQ page, and this is what's really frustrating. So you will not be allowed to install, store, or play any new next-gen games anywhere on a PlayStation 5 other than its internal SSD. Uh, per the FAQ, it says, quote, no players, no, players cannot transfer PS5 games to a USB drive. Um, someone asked, can I store or play PS5 games from a USB drive? Quote, PS5 games must be stored on the console's internal high, ultra-high-speed SSD for gameplay. Explorations for allowing players to store but not play PS5 games on a USB drive in a future update are underway. And uh, this is per Digital Foundry. So that's really, really shitty considering... Look, and I'm, I'm not saying Xbox is better because having to... You can only store... If you want to play the true next-gen, like, experience games, the Velocity Architecture, as they call it, you have to have them either installed on the internal SSD on the Xbox Series X or have that proprietary uh, Seagate little expansion card, which is not better by, by much standards. Don't get me wrong. Like, Xbox isn't much better in this situation. But what I will say is props to them for being able to use your external SSD or HDD that you maybe had with your Xbox One for all your backwards compact games, just plug and play and boom, done. You're already set. And like even even games that you want to get the free upgrade or what uh, what are they calling it? Um, uh, uh, smart delivery on from Xbox One to Series X. Even You can even just have the games on that HDD or external or whatever it is, plug it in, transfer it to the internal, and then you're good to go. The fact that you can't do that on PlayStation 5 is very concerning for some people, uh, especially because it has such a small internal SSD, especially after UI and everything like that. And games that are going to be having 4K assets and things like that are going to be a lot bigger than they were. Hell, if you transfer Call of Duty Modern Warfare and you don't get Call uh, Black Ops Cold War. If you just do Modern Warfare and all of its assets and transfer it to your PS5, that's almost 200 gigs right there. So you're taking up a third of what you have available, and it's like, I I I don't know if 2020 is to blame, but external stuff should have been should have been ready for launch, especially with such a small internal SSD. And I remember reading somewhere that I guess P PS5 didn't have that available. PS4, excuse me, didn't have that ability at the beginning either, but you could swap out SSDs and HDDs from the start back then, so that was a little different. But it, it's just a little, a little shitty that all these games are going to be giant files and then you're limited to like four games. So what? Most of these games are like between 50 and 60 on average. Uh, Call of Duty, if you're getting it, is 125. So you're you're limited to like seven games, I think, if it breaks down properly. I I don't know the math. I'm not a math guy. I got a history degree. 
right? Like that's, <laughs> I, I don't do calculations in my head, but what? 60 times six. Okay. Well, you, you know, it's probably more, it's like 10 games, but anyway, it, it's just, that's, that's kind of dumb, kind of dumb. And it sucks for people. And it sucks for people who don't want to pay for the really expensive proprietary SSD little, like, memory stick, essentially, it is for, for Xbox Series X. Like, I am not buying that $220 stick for at least a few months. Like, I'm going to see what I can fit on the internal for as long as possible before I go and buy that thing. Because it's, it's just, it's not worth it to me right now. Right? And it, it's, it's just that's frustrating for PlayStation 5 owners and I'm sorry that that's happening. I really am and I hope I hope Sony has a fix for that soon. I really do because they showed off where you can put expansion or expandable memory on the PS5 in that expansion slot. It's just when are SSD PCI SSD cards going to be available for them to put in there is the question and hopefully not long. But moving on, uh, that's pretty much it for our PlayStation 5 news today, uh, just next-gen news in general. But I just want to talk about some other things going on. Uh, Niantic and Nintendo have announced that Pokemon Go has earned a billion dollars this year. And that's on player spending. It's the best year the app has had. And, and the app has been out, what, almost four years now? Uh, this is per Sensor Tower. Pokemon Go earned $832 million in player spending in its launch year of 2016. Spending dropped off in 2017. And then it's it's continued to rise through the first 10 months of 2020. It's up 11% from 2019's total. 30% from the first 10 months of 2019. And, and of all things, the pandemic has helped... Pokemon Go, you think people would be more inside, not being able to play as much. But per Sensor Tower, Pokemon Go is ranked as the number three mobile game by global player spending outside of third party stores, such as those in China, only behind PUBG and Honor of Kings. And I guess to date, they've uh, Pokemon Go has done 4.2 billion in player spending globally over the course of its life. Uh, the USA being its most lucrative and almost 1.5 billion of total. Japan is number two at 1.3 and Germany at number three with 238 million. Uh, it's mostly on Google play accounts. So it looks like it's mostly on Android devices. Um, Apple by it's done 2.2 billion. Apple's at 1.9. Pokemon go has seen nearly 600 million unique installs worldwide Obviously, the U.S. is still number one. Pokemon is number one, is one of the highest-selling things in the U.S. And Google accumulates 78% of those per sensor tower as well. And Google is only 22%. That's crazy. But a lot of... So more people... So looks like if you break it down, though, that 22% is spending a shit ton of money compared to the... the so people... The smaller users are spending more on average, I think, than Google Play users, If I'm, even though it's more. But that's what it looks like, at least. Again, I'm not a math person. <laughs> I'm not a math person. 
Uh, we'll stick with Google uh, with Nintendo here for a second too. But how about this? Nintendo just keeps selling Nintendo Switches hand over fist. So this is from Nintendo and their financial uh, briefing. It has now surpassed the lifetime sales for the Nintendo Entertainment System. They've show their they've updated their financial forecast to show a fifty percent profit increase by the time of this fiscal year ends. So over last year, they've shipped six point eight six million Switch consoles in the previous quarter. So now they're at a total of sixty eight point thirty million units sold. That's nuts. Uh, their profit forecasts have increased from three hundred billion yen to four hundred fifty billion yen. Animal Crossing New Horizons has become the second best-selling Nintendo Switch game at 26 million units. Only Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has sold more than than that. Uh, It's surpassed Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. It's surpassed Breath of the Wild. And they've sold 456.49 million total games for the Switch so far. More than the 3DS and Wii U life to date total. Jesus. Super Mario 3D All-Stars sold 5.2 million units on it since its launch in September. That's crazy. They expect to sell another 24 million units this fiscal year and it will do better. It uh it's it's going to do better than the Xbox 1. It will do better if it will do the same if not better than the PlayStation 4 and I don't even know what it's going to be like this Christmas because people are probably going to be able to get Switches but not PlayStation 5s or Series Xs. But Nintendo is just printing money like they did with the Wii U. With the Wii, not the Wii U. The Wii U was garbage. But but Nintendo, a day in, day out, just prints money with their consoles lately and and with a few minor exceptions. But it's... I, that's crazy. And, and the 3DS was just sunsetted. I wonder what they'll do. I wonder what they're going to do next, man. They'll probably just ride the coattails of the Switch for quite a while. That's crazy, though, isn't it? I'm just, I'm in shock, man. I mean, I'm not, but I am. But, anyway. A staple of Japanese gaming is coming to an end. Uh, Sega Sammy, the parent company of Sega, has announced that it will begin to sell off its arcade business in Japan, which was still going very strong up until this year. And it will uh, sell 85.1% of its shares in Sega Entertainment. Uh, Sega Sammy said this, the group's arcade and amusement center business in Japan. It will not affect its video game divisions. Uh, The arcade business has been severely impacted, obviously, by the the ongoing pandemic. And, uh, quote, its arcade facilities usage has, quote, declined remarkably, unquote, uh, quote, has resulted in a significant loss for its fiscal year. And it just, it, it will be recorded as extraordinary losses. And this is, it's an end of an era, folks, because Sega arcades are like world renowned. They, they are some like they are gaming mecca for some people is to go to a um, is to go to a Sega arcade. 
in in Japan in Tokyo and unfortunately I don't think that's going to be a thing anymore and 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 you know a lot of things have changed in this new world we live in and it's just it'll be interesting to see how things go moving forward uh in 20, 2021 and beyond but the the arcade industry is is facing a a reckoning once again as it did in the 80s as well Anyway, uh, Rockstar has announced how its games will uh, move forward on the new generation. Uh, backwards compatibility, for sure, has been announced for GTA V, Red Dead Redemption 2, and L.A. Noir. Uh, no word yet on any next-gen graphical upgrades or anything like that. Um, I'm sure, if anything, Red Dead and GTA V will get it. Uh, also announced, certain games will be backwards compatible on the next-gen systems. On Xbox side, Bully, Scholarship Edition, GTA 4, Episodes from Liberty City, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Midnight Club LA, the original Red Dead Redemption, as well as Rockstar Games Presents Table Tennis, which was like a Games with Gold for like six months straight. So like if that wasn't, that probably would have been a bad move. Uh, On PlayStation 5 though, uh, Bully, Scholarship Edition as well, GTA 3, uh, GTA Vice City, GTA San Andreas, Manhunt, Max Payne, um, The Warriors, and Red Dead Revolver are all going to be playable on your PlayStation 5. And then, was it? I got one more small thing to talk about, and then one more, or, and then two big things. Uh, EA Sports, uh, and CEO of EA Sports, Andrew Wilson, has announced that EA Sports plans to introduce more franchises moving forward if that means bringing back dead franchises or like new sports franchises has yet to be seen or anything like that so just be on the lookout so if you guys are into sports games good news for you um one big story i want to talk about before our like really big story is bethesda has announced uh via todd howard They have announced that they will be updating and upgrading their engine for the first time in in years, because it's the same engine that they've been using uh, for their current games. They're going to be using for Starfield and The Elder Scrolls VI, their next two major games. And a quote from Todd Howard, he was speaking to develop Brighton, uh, quote, We too will acknowledge it needs more work than it has in previous times. And we do that between generations, and we've been doing it. I can say that the engine work started a while ago, unquote. Um, he also said, quote, uh, So, sorry, we have more people doing engine work now by a factor of five probably than we've ever had. So the overhaul in our engine is the largest we've probably ever had, maybe larger than Mar- Morrowind to Oblivion, unquote. Uh, he also said, quote, there are things we do that we still like, the way we build our worlds, the way people can mod it. These are things that I think are fundamentally good about our tech stack. But from rendering to animation to pathing to procedural generation, I don't want to say everything, but it's a significant, significant overhaul. It's taken us longer than we would have liked, but it's going to power what we're doing with Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six. And when people see the result, they'll hopefully be as happy as we are with what's on screen. But also and how we can go about making our games, unquote. So, there you have it from Todd Howard, pretty much the head of Bethesda, and saying, 
the company is making sure that the engine will be good to go for Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6. Uh, no comment, though, on if chairs will still load into desks. <laughs> like that meme. Uh, just Bethesda always has bugs and loading screen pop issues on. Uh, it's funny. It's really funny. But props to them for upgrading their engine. A, a lot of games are, are needing it. You know, the last thing you want is for your game to feel stale, even though it's new because it's working on an old engine. And hell, even even 343 decided to go with a new engine for Halo Infinite because up until Halo 5, they were still working on the same engine that Bungie had developed back in uh, probably 99, 2000 for Halo Combat Evolved. Yes, things had been upgraded and poked and prodded, but it was starting to become an old, stale engine by today's standards and... There's a reason Unreal 4 is a thing and Unreal 5 is coming and we're not still on Unreal 1. But, but the biggest news I wanted to talk about this week in terms of gaming was Mass Effect Day and 7 Day on, on Saturday. As, uh, you know, N7, November 7th. And Casey Hudson, uh, essentially studio head at, at BioWare, announced that a... Uh, we finally got the announcement of a remastered uh, trilogy, of Mass Effect trilogy. It's called Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, it will release sometime in the spring next year on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 with some kind of forwards compatibility or upgrade or something like that for the, the, the new, which are now current-gen consoles. And uh, they will include all single-player base content as well as all DLC, including like promotional stuff for like different retailers, different countries, things like that. It will all be included, remastered in all glory for Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, Casey Hudson then went on to announce, in what was very unprecedented, you know, given the fact that they're spending time overhauling Anthem right now, but a veteran team... Deep Inside Bioware is currently working on the future of Mass Effect. You heard me, folks. Mass Effect is getting another game. And it might be years away, but they're working on it. So now we must begin to wonder, will it be a continuation of Andromeda? Will it be a continuation of Mass Effect 3? Will it take place in the future, in the past? Will it connect to Shepard in some way? These are very big questions that we would want to have answered. Like, what? there, there are so many things that could be happening here with a new Mass Effect game. Is it a reboot? Uh, which I don't think they would do. Is it a... Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. And while Andromeda had its problems, I really enjoyed it. It was not as bad as, as the internet would have you believe. But it was just so far from removed from the, the trilogy. And just so many other things could go wrong. And I just, I don't know, man. I don't, I just want it to be good. It's got to be good, right? Otherwise, final nail in the coffin essentially maybe not for mass effect but maybe for bioware as a company just because they've had not a lot of wins lately and and that's part of it but that is it for gaming this week folks what are you guys excited for are you getting a new console this week are you joining the next gen or should we are we just going to call it current gen now what do you want from a new mass effect uh do you 
are you worried about the storage issues on PS5? Like, I want to hear your thoughts, folks. I want to hear your thoughts. Talk to me. Tweet me. Instagram DM me. Hit me up on the book. Man, hit me up on the website. They're all there. But moving on, let's talk about the small, small news cycle we have in TV this week. Uh, the Witcher 2... Witcher 2. The Witcher Season 2 production, uh, despite moving inside because of, or indoors and studio filming, due to the recent UK shutdown, they've actually halted production temporarily due to multiple COVID tests, test positive tests. So, uh, unfortunately, the release of Season 2 of The Witcher may be delayed depending on how much time is needed for post-production and the fact that they just kind of really got started. That's happening. Uh, Rumors are now swirling that Loki has been renewed for a second season before the first season even airs. So it looks like Disney is very happy with what they see, uh, especially since the future is in streaming for them, as they recently announced. Uh, Also announced by CBS All Access... Well, not CBS All Access, but CBS and their partners. Star Trek Picard will start filming Season 2 a little late in the spring next year. uh, And then they will start filming Season 3 as soon as they're done with Season 2. So they they plan to uh, film and produce the next two seasons back to back. So hopefully not too much waiting in between. Uh, And another sad week for those in the entertainment industry... Alex Trebek, the longtime host of Jeopardy, uh, passed away at the age of 80 uh, on Sunday. And I, I, I don't think Jeopardy will ever be the same. I personally feel, and I'm, I'm sure many agree with me, that they probably shouldn't replace him right away. If anything, they should wait a year or two uh, before they continue with with the show and i it just i don't know man they it sucks dude it sucks that that someone like that is gone and you don't even realize that he was 80 years old and it's like i it, he didn't seem like he was 80 like that's wild right like he was very, very like intuitive and smart and knowledgeable. And granted, I mean, maybe he wasn't as smart as as his contestants, but he certainly gained a lot of knowledge just from hosting. I mean, he hosted for almost forty years, from from nineteen eighty four to to now, and I just, I don't like. I said, I I don't think they should replace him for quite a while and it sucks that he's gone and luckily they said they they filmed enough to continue for uh the next few weeks and the fact that he was doing episodes up and up until the week before it is just like it's someone like this is someone who you know like everybody knows right he's known around the world and it's just, it sucks, man. And and I just, it's never going to be the same. And it, I'm at a loss for words because Alex Trebek was a badass. And yeah, dude, I don't know. 
And it's like, uh, do I even want to talk about the next stuff after that? And yeah, man. Sucks, dude. Sucks. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about The Mandalorian from last week, huh? Episode 2 of the new season. And uh, they went with a horror element this time. Very interesting, for sure. Uh, They brought back a creature from old canon. I refuse to call it Star Wars Legend. I refuse to call it Legends. I really do. I don't care what (laughs) what they say. And it it is interesting to say for sure with what they were going with and i i don't know it was kind of a break from kind of a break from what we the the seat what the season where it was building towards essentially and after last week's reveal you'd think that they'd probably stay on on tatooine for a little while and and they didn't which was a little surprisingly or a little surprising but I'm kind of surprised at where they're going to go next week. And it's obvious they're going to that water planet that was shown off in the trailers for quite a while. Um, I'm wondering, though, where what what's next. And there was some comedy that apparently has sparked some backlash with people with Baby Yoda. I'm not even going to touch that because it's really fucking stupid that that's even a thing. And that people are freaking out about it. And the fact that I've seen multiple articles across multiple websites about it is somewhat infuriating. But, and, it it just, I'm a little disappointed that they would go so far from what you'd think is the path so quickly. And overall, tonally it was good and it set some things up and it brought stuff back from the previous episode. And it tied in the rebellion. Uh, we, We learned that the ice planet was definitely not Ilum, as a lot of people had previously thought, but overall it was just an okay episode. But the the fact that they're blowing effects budgets on creatures like this two weeks in a row is a little concerning. That they're maybe not going to do it in later episodes. But the the stuff they did they're they're called ice spiders, which is apparently the official canon name uh, per Wikipedia. Uh, they are based off of. What uh, what was known as the Nobby White Spider, which was originally designed for Dagobah by Ralph McQuarrie back for Empire Strikes Back. And uh, if you had the, like, uh, I have this book to monsters or creatures for Star Wars, and, and they feature a lot in there as well. And it was... Interesting. So this is, this is actually the plant. They returned to the planet that you see in the first episode of season one, that ice planet. So this must be just another, um, side of the planet. And this planet's got some crazy fucking creatures on it, man. The season one, they showed off that, like, almost like a giant, like elephant seal type walrus creature on this side of the planet. They got these fucking crazy ass ice spiders. Like this is not a planet you want to fuck around with, dude. But, I don't know. It just, it was okay. And I, it was really cool in the beginning when he's still on Tatooine and like he gets fucking clotheslined while he's riding a speeder bike, but then he uses like his jetpack to land properly. And then when one of the dudes that tried to steal his shit 
was like, here, take the jetpack. He takes the jetpack, but then Mando fucking launches him in the jetpack off into space, and then the dude comes crashing down with a thud. Like, that was... It was fun. It was fun. And then it took a weird turn with this fucking frog lady that he's transferring to find Mando, man, other Mandalorians, and just... I don't know. I... I just wish that... I just wish that they had continued on the, the, the strong pace that they had set in, in episode one. And I, I hope it's not long before we see more of the person who was revealed at the end of episode one of season two. Overall, just an okay episode. Not bad, not great, okay. Uh, so let's hoping to more of Boba, more of Moff Gideon, and uh, more of more in season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, that's it for TV. Just got a little bit of um, just a little bit of movie stuff to talk about. Uh, it's been announced that Jordan Peele will be producing a remake of the Wes Craven classic, "The People Under the Stairs." Uh, Wes Craven had, had essentially a, er, originally announced a collaboration with Bloomhouse and Jordan Peele, and a lot of people thought it might be the thing, um, but in fact, it's going to be. Uh, the People Under the Stairs, which is, again, another Wes Craven, highly regarded film. The man was a master of horror. So be on the lookout for that. Um, you know, we talked about how The Witcher 2 season, The Witcher season 2 is going to be affected by the UK lockdown. Uh, Warner Brothers has announced that the Batman filming will not be affected uh, as they are starting to shift back towards the US, I think. And... Uh, I don't think the lockdown in the UK will be affecting them in, in any great capacity or anything like that. Uh, also announced, AMC Theaters uh, reported in their most recent financial earnings that they have uh, a 90% drop in revenue. They revealed through their earnings call that um, they only made around $119 million in revenue down from last year where they reported revenues of over a billion dollars so that just shows you how much the pandemic has affected the movie industry they're trying to raise funds to avoid a bankruptcy they're trying to sell shares they're trying to raise around 50 million dollars if they made so now let me just clarify revenue of a billion dollars does not mean profits of a billion dollars so that means their operating costs are very high if they've lost a lot of that money they're operating just under all 600 of their locations. Obviously, some restrictions are still in place where you only have like 25% people attend or less. Um, but it's unfortunate to hear that I just don't want movie theaters to close, man. I need movie theaters in my life. I need them in my life. And I miss going to the movies. Watching at home just isn't the same. It just isn't. But it sucks, dude. It really does. And um, speaking of th movies that came out in theaters, Tenet, the most recent Christopher Nolan film that did release in theaters a few weeks back, will come to Blu-ray in December. So if you guys never watched it or wanted to own it, your chance is coming in a few short weeks. Um, some more news in return regards to movie release dates. Uh, Disney has unfortunately pulled the release of its new movie Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds from its current release schedule. Uh, they have not announced a new release date, nor if they plan on releasing it on streaming, which sucks because they just started ramping up 
you know, uh, advertising again and things like that. And that's a movie I'm really looking forward to. So I'm hoping we don't have to wait too long for it. Uh, they also pulled uh, Death on the Nile, the next film in their Agatha Christie remakes, which started with Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, that's been pulled from their release schedule as well. Uh, we've got some big news, though, in terms of Jurassic World Dominion has wrapped filming. After 18 months, which is very rare for a production, and what uh, uh, also they said per deadline, 40,000 COVID tests, quote, millions of dollars spent on protocols, and people were in a bubble for months, unquote, all for production on Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, the director, uh, Colin Trevorrow, said, quote, there are a lot of emotions, unquote. Uh, I'm not, quote, I'm not sure I can put into words. It has been remarkable. Our crew and our cast have been so resilient. All producers have worked around the clock to make it the best it can be. It has been inspiring, unquote. So, I don't know if you guys know this, but Jurassic World Dominion was essentially the first film to to go in back into production um, during COVID, essentially. And it had its own private medical facility. It had... Uh, its own green zone and and things like this. Tests were very minimum, uh, or positive tests were minimum on production. They said uh, it said per deadline they spent around six to eight million dollars alone on COVID safety protocols, and they did so with a, a whole lot of things to keep the crew safe. Uh, Trevor also Trevor Trevaro also said, "quote I've never been as immersed in a filmmaking process." Because of the protocols, the actors didn't go far from set. The distance was stripped away. There were things that happened on this movie that I'd hope to be able to continue on future productions. This movie is about the need to coexist and survive together. If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that we need the different generations to protect each other. It was the right movie to be making at this moment, unquote. Uh, unfortunately, the movie was pushed to June of 2022, which kind of sucks because they have a lot of time to, to work on post-production now. And granted, I'm sure they want to give a buffer. So if they have to do reshoots and shit's still going on and they need to put in certain protocols for reshoots, especially with a lot of schedules that are going to be upended because of all this. But it, it was a long journey and I'm, I'm happy they were able to pull it through. And I can't wait for this movie. The original Jurassic Park cast is coming back with the Jurassic World cast, and it's it's going to be a great, what I hope to be a really great production and a final cap-off to the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World saga. And I am very, very excited to see where it goes from here. But that was really fun to see, and I'm, I'm happy they were able to finally get production wrapped up. And unfortunately, we just have to wait a long time for it to release. But... They probably just want to make sure theaters are going to be open for it to release into. That's on Jurassic World Evolution. And our biggest story this week, movie-wise, and our final story movie-wise today, uh, is the fact that Johnny Depp has um, been removed from his role as Gellert Grindelwald in the Fantastic Beasts franchise. I don't want to say removed, but it was... Uh, he posted that, I guess he was asked to step down from the film uh, following allegations regarding his ex-wife, Amber Heard. Are they Were they married? I don't think they were married. 
Uh, it has to do with a recent libel case with the Sun newspaper that he was involved with. Uh, they will recast it. Uh, this is per Johnny Depp himself. He said, quote, I have been asked to resign by Warner Brothers from my role as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts, and I have respected and agreed to that request. Uh, this is also... there's it's a whole mess that's going on with him and and amber heard and i don't want to get too deep into the reads because it's it's a lot of he said she said stuff and while it definitely looks like johnny is the victim in this instance there is still some other things that he might be part of uh warner brothers did release a statement saying quote johnny depp will be will depart the fantastic beast franchise we thank johnny for his work on the films to date Fantastic Beast 3 is currently in production. The role of Gellert Grindelwald will be recast. The film will debut in theaters worldwide in the summer of 2022. Unquote. So it's essentially being moved from its original release date of a year from now, next November. A year from tomorrow, actually. And it, it's just, it. like I said, it's, it's a lot of stuff. And Warner Brothers is just getting punched all over the place place from out with the harry potter franchise lately but um luckily for johnny he will keep his pay even though he only filmed one scene i guess per the hollywood reporter he was signed on to a pay or play contract which quote requires that he be fully compensated whether or not the film is made and even if it is recast as is common with stars of his level there was no morality clause in his contract even though it is it was amended with each new installment uh, technically, Depp was not fired by Warner Brothers, but asked to resign. It is unclear what recourse it would have had if the star refused, unquote. So, it looks like Johnny agreed, and they mutually parted ways. And it sucks, because he was a good good Grindelwald character. Even though, I mean, he was kind of minor in, in both the first and the second film. Uh, but it looked like he was gearing up to play a much larger role in, in the third Fantastic Beasts film. But... Unfortunately, as of right now, we don't know who the next Gellert Grindelwald will be or who will be recast in the role, and the film will be pushed back just a few months. Luckily, not not too long on this one, but it'll be will be interesting to see who is ends up in the running for the film and uh, who and how it progresses. I should say. I, I did see a thing floating around. People wanted Colin Farrell to come back, and he didn't really play Gellert Grindelwald. He was playing a different character that Grindelwald was was pretending to be, so I, I don't see Colin Farrell coming back, and be hard to explain that one. they better off just recasting the role and not saying anything. But that is it for Nixner News this week, guys. Next week will be... We will be loaded up with next-gen news, or current-gen by then. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, check out nixnernews.com where you can find links to our Spotify, Google Play, and Apple podcast pages. You can also listen to the show right in your browser if you like. Uh, that way you can listen to the show on the go, like, subscribe, share, click, fund, do, do whatever you do on the interwebs these days when it comes to a podcast. Also, while you're there, check out our social tab where you can find links to all our social media pages or see all the feeds in one handy-dandy place. You can see our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I uh, post a lot of funny memes that I find on the interwebs. I do not claim to own them. They are not mine. But thanks for listening. Today is November 11th. 
Next week will be November... What is next Wednesday? November 18th. I will catch you guys on the flip side.